You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobie. Let the good times roll. The Seahawks have won their fourth consecutive game, beating the Cardinals 31-21. to Again, four straight wins. This is the longest winning streak since 2020 when they had five straight wins. Things are feeling good here at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. This team is playing incredible football in all three phases of the game. But let's wait no more time. Bring in my guy, Michael Bumpus. What had happened? See what had happened at first was... <laughs> What had happened was on Hawk Talk. Bump, man. Four game winning streak. Yeah. Go down to the desert, get a dub. Every single week, I swear, we're talking about this is the most impressive Seahawks win. And once again, I feel like Sunday was no different. Yeah, Sunday was a different type of game. It, was, uh, it wasn't pretty to start. You felt like you're in a heavyweight fight. You're going back and forth. And the Seahawks open out the game. They go on an eight play drive. They end up kicking a field goal. Then the Cardinals respond. And I remember. During this drive, I'm like, man, Cardinals are different, man. They're different. Yep. They go nine plays, 83 yards, ending with a 22-yard touchdown to D. Hopkins. So you look at the first drive by the Seahawks, and you look at the first drive by the Cardinals, you're like, okay, D. Hop is back. They're going to be a bit different. Let's see how this thing turns out. Yeah, I was a little nervous, you know what I'm saying, just because, again, the Cardinals were desperate. Yeah. This is a game they absolutely needed to win. They're 3-5, and five, kind of reeling right now, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to be desperate, and they came out. Because this team was also a team that didn't score in the first drive of games, right. struggled early in games, struggled with explosive plays. And for them to come out and have a great drive off top, it kind of had me a little nervous. But guess what? Good thing I'm not playing in the game. Uh, and by the way, you mentioned D-Hop. Big ups to Tariq Wollin and Mike Jackson, who kept Hopkins quiet for the rest of the ball game after that touchdown. He had over 100 yards the last two weeks. Hopkins was held to just 36 yards on four receptions, which is pretty dope. Now, after that, both teams were going to exchange punts. And when the Seahawks got the ball back, Gino leads them on a 12-play, 79-yard drive, ending with a four-yard touchdown DK Metcalf. That made the score 10-7. And every time this team needs something, man, every time this team needs a drive, needs some points, Gino has been that dude, got us on the board, and had them taking the lead right there. Yeah, that was a nice little uh, toe tap back in the end zone by DK Metcalf. And after a couple of punts and a turnover on downs, uh by the Seahawks, Colin Murray and the Cardinals, Cardinals were putting together a pretty impressive drive. They're going 66 yards and 11 plays, but then Ryan Neal does what he does, makes plays. He forces a fumble um, by Kyler Murray. And what I love about that is that, one, is hustle, and yep. two, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray I'm, why am I struggling on the same? <laughs> Kyler Murray right. holds that ball so loosely. All it takes is a tiny little tap. And the ball is out, and that's exactly what happened. So they go on a halftime, and it's 10-7. to seven. Second half, okay, did not start the way the Seahawks want. Offensively, they punt on their first drive, Cardinals punt, and then on the first play of their second drive, Geno Smith was intercepted by Zayvon Collins, who ran it back for a 30-yard uh, pick six. Cardinals take a 14-10 lead. Now, throughout this winning streak, it hasn't been easy for the Seahawks, yeah. but they've played well. And honestly, I feel like this is an adverse time right there. Cardinals fans getting a little loud. People are feeling good. Now you're reeling. You're like, okay, we're down four. And we shouldn't be surprised because Geno does what he does. And this offense just stays poised. 
They come right back, right back after that. Gino leads them on a 13-play, 75-yard drive, ending with a touchdown to Tyler Lockett. There's a little exchange on social media. Booty Baker, he's claiming you know, he got pushed off on, and Tyler said, yeah, man, I did. Because <laughs> <I was laughs> he, like, he did. You see it, but, hey, it never happened if the ref didn't throw the flag. I mean, the Seahawks have the most worst luck when it comes to offensive PIs and stuff like that. Yeah. That just evened out the balance in that. So, I, Tyler, do, do your thing, my guy. All do good. No, not mad at you. So then uh, the Cardinals get the ball, and this defense, Seahawks defense is stout, forced them to kick the ball, and the Hawks take advantage. Once again, they go 13 plays, 81 yards, and Ken Walker runs it in for a touchdown, making a score 24 214. Now, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals would answer with a good drive of their own. They find Zach Hurts for a touchdown. They make the score 24 to 21, but then it was time for the Hawks to respond, and they did exactly that. Of course they did. That's all they did in the second half. And they would respond on a five play, 85 yard drive, ending with a five yard touchdown run by Ken Walker. And this is the final nail in the coffin. This is what did the Cardinals in. Seahawks hold on 31 21. A big shout-out to Noah Fant, who had a good game. We'll talk about him a little bit in Playmakers. But he had a big catch on that drive, setting that up. And I just love that when it's winning time, this team goes out there and gets it done. Mm-hmm. They could have folded up or things could have got a little shaky after pick six, but they did not. They came right back and really just methodically just took the life out of the Cardinals. So love to see what they're doing. And they're just they're playing really good football. And I'm at the point bump. Enough is enough, man. You believe. No more qualifiers. Official. No more, well, it's only been a couple games, yeah. you know. Well, Gina's it's only three. No, it's nine games. That's enough to learn about a football team. They're six and three. This is a good football team, and the sky's the limit for the rest of the year for sure. Yeah, we probably should have started believing in them even more earlier, but, you know, we have some questions, and they've answered the questions. They some point during this game, they went for seven consecutive third downs. The defense has only allowed 14 points and for six punts and calls one turnover help the Cardinals to 261 yards during this win streak the Hawks are only giving up 282 yards per game that would be first in the NFL so we believe in Geno we believe in this defense and we believe in these playmakers absolutely touchdown Seahawks playmakers Where else do we start? We start here every week because he's playing at MVP level. Number seven, number one in your hearts, Geno Smith, 26 of 34, 275 yards, two touchdowns, the one interception, QB rating of 106.9. He also had six carries for 38 yards, picked up a couple clutch first downs. Geno now has seven games with multiple pass touchdowns this season. He only had seven of those games in his first nine seasons, and he also set a career high in passing touchdowns. And I don't think there's enough words, adjectives, whatever I can do to describe how he's playing right now. I just love the poise and the confidence. We talk about this every week, and it's almost like a broken record, but we think we had one delay of game or false start kind of penalty like that. But yep. consistently, it's just smooth. When the play clock is running down and gets to five seconds, I'm not panicked because 99% of the time they get the playoff and good things happen. So Gino is just playing at an MVP level, and it's consistent. Again, nine games through this year. He is who he is now. You are what the tape is. And right now the tape's saying Geno's good. Yeah, and I was waiting for him to have a bad moment to see how he responded. We talked about that and what had happened, and that's exactly what he did. He responded even more reason to keep on believing. The next playmaker is Ken Walker. He had 26 carries for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Walker has five straight games with a rushing touchdown. That's tight with Kurt Warner. 
1983, before I was born, long before you were born. Hmm. That ties the longest by a rookie in franchise history. Since becoming the starter, Walker, 88 carries, 424 yards, six touchdowns. He's averaging 106 yards per game and 4.8 yards per carry. And they got him involved in the pass game this week. Three catches for 20 yards. The game, his game, continues to evolve and get better. And uh, he's reliable, man. There's a couple third downs, the third and short he converted. Uh, another third and medium he converted. You put the ball in his hands, the chances of you gaining yards are very high. Yeah, and Ken Walker, the really cool thing, we talked about this a little bit on the postgame show, it's also about when he got those yards. He got those hard yards late in the game. In that fourth quarter, I believe he had 11 carries, 62 yards, and two touchdowns. Mm. So when it's winning time, Ken Walker is ready to go. And what I love about him is you're not even batting an eye about how many carries he's getting because he's shown he can carry the load. 26 carries, he had 21 earlier, 25. So he's shown he can get that. So love to see the guy, Ken Walker, the rookie, who's playing at an incredibly high level. And I mentioned him a second ago, no fan. This tight end, let me just talk about all the tight ends. Yeah. That as a collective unit, I would take them over any other tight end group in in the National Football the league. league for sure. Yes, there's George Kittle out there. Yes, there's Travis Kelsey. Yes, there's Waller. There's some yeah. really good tight ends in this league, but it's a collective. Yeah. All three can catch. All three can run. All three can block. And at one point, that was kind of the knock on Noah Fant and all these guys. Same with Colby Parkinson, who got in the weight room, did some good things this year. But they're playing at a high level. Noah Fant, five receptions, 96 yards on six targets. Had that long 51-yarder, which helped set up. Uh, Ken Walker's touchdown towards the end of that game. So love what the the Seahawks are doing with their tight ends. Love how they're using that 13 personnel group, and they're going to it a lot more because they're having success. 13 personnel. I'm actually going to do a little video for, or not video, just a breakdown of their 13 personnel because it's so effective. Are you going to run it? Are you going to pass it? Both of them. Pick one. They're going to do it. Well, Bum, before you jump off that, you you mentioned it to me during the game when we were watching yesterday how they changed stuff up on Ken Walker's touchdown run. Where yeah. You have Kobe Parkin coming across, and they're just doing different things, and they're keeping it fresh. Yeah, the, the one you're talking about is they have um, – Offset or unbalanced formation, two tight ends to the left, one to the right. Kobe Parkinson motions to the right, and typically Dissy would take care of the end, and Kobe would help on the end and then climb to the next level. They put that on film, so now, in last week's game, he motions over, and now they just release. So once that end sees Will Dissy or whoever, or Noah Fant release, he's thinking, cool pass, I got a free lane to the quarterback. Boom, hit him with Kobe Parkinson. Little stuff like that. I see you, Shane Waldron, getting that bag. All right, next playmaker, we got Uchina Nwosu. Probably the best and most consistent player we have on defense right now. Four tackles, two sacks for two weeks in a row, two TFLs, three quarterback hits. That's now seven sacks on the season for Uchina. Career high, this guy is playing at a Pro Bowl level. He's causing havoc, he's emotional, and he's playing with speed. And he might have the best sack celebration in the league right now. I'm feeling what he's doing. Oh, he's <laughs> – my guy's crushing it. And here's the thing, too. So he has seven sacks, which is a career high for him right now. But his seven sacks, man, that has him tied for sixth in the National Football League. Yep. So it's not just it's not just good for him. It's good for everyone in the league right now. You mentioned his consistency. I was excited when we got him from the Chargers. More excited once I actually saw him play because this guy has talent. And I have no clue – where this team would have been early on, especially without Uchenna. So love what number 10 is bringing to this thing. And then the OG, Bruce. OG. Three tackles, one sack, two oh, TFLs, Bruce. one QB hit. We saw what we saw what he did to Daniel Jones a couple weeks ago yeah. when he smacked him into Saquon Barkley for the tackle. So I love to see what Bruce is doing. He could have had a couple sacks against the Giants, yeah. slipped out of a couple. 
got one yesterday, and uh, Bruce is just playing high-level football, and I think he's a really instrumental in this team helping learn, let the young guys learn. Bruce what has I, been through the wars, you know what I mean? What I love about Bruce is that when you see him play, it's almost like he's not just happy to be here, but he just appreciates it, right? There's a passion and an understanding of who he is that makes Bruce um, just valuable to this team and teaching these young guys how to be professionals. Man, uh, it, it's been awesome watching Bruce do his thing. All right, the next one we got Shelby Harris. Hey, he got he had three tackles, one sack, one TFL, one QB hit, and he's a personality on this team. If y'all never heard <laughs> Shelby Harris speak, please go watch a video or something. And uh, his personality, he's one of a kind. I haven't met a guy on this team that's like Shelby Harris, and he was a part of that trade with uh, Russell Wilson going to Denver. So we had Shelby Harris and you had Noah Fant come up big today. Thank you, Denver Broncos. Not to mention the draft picks we got from that that we use. I mean, it turns into boy, I think what the other pick was. But, yes, thank you, Denver, because right now things are feeling good here in Emerald City. I'm not going to speak to what's happening in Denver right now. They don't have to. We don't have to. There's no reason to. We do not. No reason to because it's about it's about the Seahawks. It's about us. So lots of playmakers. We can go down the list of how many other guys contributed and helped win the game yesterday. But Bumble's take it back. Look into the receiver roundup. Not the most um, explosive game. It's been like that for a little while now. But guys are still making plays. Looks like you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys with receptions on on Sunday. Yep, not explosive as a group, but Noah Fan had the most explosive play of the game. He had five catches for 96 yards, that 51-yard game we talked about. Tyler Lockett, five for 67 on five targets, one touchdown, where he might have pushed a little bit, but we ain't, we ain't tripping, Tyler. We ain't tripping. DK had five for 37 and a touchdown off of six targets. Travis Homer had three for 25, a big gang of 22 on one of those things. Uncle Will Disley, three for four. 24 yards. Kenneth Walker, like I mentioned, got into the pass game. He had three for 20. Then Parkinson had two for six. I believe one of those was for a first down. And uh, D. Eskridge, no catches, no targets, but he's out there. I like seeing D out there. He's still play. He's still playing. He's still getting you know 20, 30 snaps a game. Yep. So it's it's something where you know Marquise Goodwin is out too. But with this team, it's just a it's someone else is helping every week. Whether it's yep. tight ends, whether it's DK, whether it's Tyler. But it doesn't really matter because what Tyler said a couple weeks ago, it's amazing what you can do when no one wants the credit. No one wants the credit. I mean, and it just bleeds through with this team. I mean, how many other places do you see multiple guys going to the podium? You see that in the NBA, but that's how it's structured. And just people are having a good time. Like, this team legitimately does not care. They just care about winning. DK doesn't care about his stats. He doesn't care about touchdowns. He cares about winning. Tyler doesn't care about stats. They care about winning. We know that about Geno. You can't write him off. He won't write back. So everything <laughs> is all Leaving you good. on red. Let's go. <laughs> all right, so it's time to get inside the coach's corner. Ken Walker, the rookie who's been crushing it this year, sealed the game, iced it with this brutal five-yard touchdown around Pound's way into the end zone. First and goal from the five. He's going to carry it again. And he's going to turn up field. And he's going to try to spin out of a tackle. He gets a push. Does he get there? He does. Touchdown, Seahawks. Ken Walker gets to the side of his tight ends. Colby Parkinson was out in front blocking. And they just shoved him across the line to make. You can't knock this kid off his feet. And he scores his second touchdown of the game. And all but seals it. For the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to lose their 
fourth game in five tries, and the Seahawks are going to win again in Arizona as they take a 30-21 to lead. Now, we just talked about this play. We talked about what they did off of this play. Now they just said, we're going to show you what you think you're going to see, and we're going to do exactly that. They start off in a heavy right formation. All three tight ends to the right. They motion Kobe Parkinson to the left, make the defense communicate. At the snap, Kobe Parkinson goes flat down the line of scrimmage. You got Noah Fant on the edge trying to control the edge rusher there. You got Will Dissey inside of Noah Fant. He works up to the second level. Kobe Parkinson chips off the guy, Noah Fant, trying to get upfield, but uh, Ken Walker says, nah, I got this. He's one-on-one with the safety now. Makes a move, gets hit, and then he gets escorted to the end zone. You got Kobe Parkinson giving a little push right there, and I believe that is well. Gabe Jackson yep. giving a little push there as well. Escort him into the end zone. You seal the deal with this run right here. This is 13 personnel, man. They make it work. It's just physical. I love it. Everyone does their job on this play. You got Austin Blythe going to the second level. Boom. Gabe Jackson doing what he's doing. Will Disley blocking the safety in the corner. I mean, this formation is on the field. I like what we're doing. And the thing about it is we can run any direction. Last week on the on Ken Walker's game ceiling touchdown against the Giants, it was 13 personnel, and the run was designed to go to the three tight inside. Yep. Ken saw something, boom, put that foot in the round, cut it back. This time runs behind his guys, his blockers, and they get it done. And I love to see it too because – and these aren't all devastating blocks, but they do yeah. just enough. They're physical – I love seeing the celebration. Lucas getting in there. Gabe Jackson getting in there, throwing the hands up. The assist from Kobe Parkinson doing his best bush push. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just good football. And this team is having fun. The celebration, you can just tell. And then right after that, what the greatest thing was, you can audibly hear on the broadcast, like it does every time the Seahawks play in Arizona, is loud it's Seahawks loud. chants. Lots of blue and green having a good time because the Seahawks get another victory in the desert, which they've done, I believe, a million times the last 10 years. <laughs> but 8-1-1, one and one, last 10 times there. It's pretty good, Bump. Yeah. That is pretty good. And the one loss that we had was that crazy one in 2020 when we scored all those points. We didn't even talk about that. I'll take the 8-1-1 <laughs> one and because one, we get to get into our favorite formation. Here comes the Seahawks offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there knowing that one kneel down and the Seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one. It's the victory formation on Hawk Talk. Another game, another balanced effort from these Seattle Seahawks. They got this thing done in all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams. And after that pick six in the third quarter, the Seahawks answered with three straight touchdown drives. This team is battle-tested. They're legitimate. They're playing at a high level, and they are dangerous for the rest of the NFC. Yeah, man, and they responded. This was a different game for these guys. They've won in different ways. You had to shut down the run last week. The week before that, you had to get after the quarterback. This week, they had to... Come come through after a pick six and just handle adversity. They have three straight drives after that pick six. And uh, when it's time to win, these guys are balling. Yeah, I mean, in the defense, what they're doing right now, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, every year, last three years, we've talked about this crazy turnaround. But this one's even more sudden. I feel like the other turnarounds in 2020 and 2021 happened kind of late in the second half of the season. Right after the same game. So the last four weeks, it's like completely polar opposite. They're holding teams under. They held the Cardinals under 300 yards and just 14 points, if you don't include the pick six. They held the Giants at 225 yards last week. And there's just so many dudes contributing right now. So i got to give a lot of credit to Pete Carroll, obviously, and Clint Hurt and that defensive staff. And everyone just sticking with it, man. 
There's a lot of negativity, and rightfully so. They weren't playing good football at the time, yeah. but they all stuck together. They all knew how talented the guys were in that room, and it's showing up on Sundays right now, and it looks good. These guys are 6-3, and three, first place in the NFC West. Come on now. Now, the Hawks play the Bucks in Germany. We oh, will yeah. be there. They just came off a big win over the Los Angeles Rams. You got Ramsey in the paper talking all that stuff. They're all discombobulated in L.A., but our focus is on the Bucks. Let's go to Germany and get it done. Cannot wait to do that. Bum, it's going to be fun. We're going to take a trip across the pond. You make sure to catch us live on the pregame show at 4 a.m. in get up. Seattle. So get up, get you some coffee. We'll be in Germany. There's going to be a lot of cool things coming from there. Me and Bum will record the preview podcast in Germany. There'll be some other podcasts throughout the week in Germany as well. So a lot of good content on Seahawks.com. You can catch us anywhere on there. Sirius XM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the things will be live from Germany next time we talk to you. Until then, he's Michael Bumbus. I'm Nasa Chobi. This has been Hawk Talk.